first in a new series titled Love. Simple title. Um, easy to remember that, isn't it? So we're going to spend a few weeks talking on this topic of love. And um, my topic today is the priority of love. The priority of love. Uh, it tells us in the book of Galatians 5.14, For the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command, love your neighbour as yourself. Um, we know the words well. Uh, in fact, uh, I um, did a bit of research. That phrase does appear a lot in the Bible. Love one another or, or similar phrases to that. I remember many years ago, uh, I was at a church called Newnham Baptist and I was at Bible college at the time. And uh, we, we met in a pub initially, uh, later on in an auditorium in a, in a university when kept moving venues. Um, but uh, the, uh, there was a visiting preacher one Sunday in the pub and um, he said, uh, when you say something 21 times, you remember it. And his theme that week was love as a choice. And his idea is the Greek understanding of, well, that Greek word that the early church used, agape, that understanding of what that word meant, was love was not so much about feelings, it's about a choice. So he got us to stand up and say love as a choice 21 times. And he said, you won't forget it now. Uh, it must have worked. <laughs> Because um, uh, like Phil was using those big numbers, 40, I don't know if it was 40 years ago, but it was a long time ago. <laughs> well, today um, I did some research in um, preparing this message. It depends which translation you use, but um, what we do find is the Bible's phrase, love one another, appears 16 times, love one another. So what I'm going to get you to do is stand up and uh, let's be really biblical about this and say, we're quoting 16 verses of the Bible as we do this. Let's stand up and say to one another, Love one another some 16 times. I'm going to count it down. Let's do it. Love one another. 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 Look around as you say it. I've got a few to go. Love one another. 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 And one more. Love one another. Well done, guys. <laughs> I wonder if you all remember it. As you know, the Greeks um, have a few different words that sometimes in our English uh, translation is simply translated love. We have a few different words for love too, you know, affection, friendship and so forth. Um, let me have a look at these Greek words. These are the most familiar ones. They have several others. The Greek words for love, there's eros, which is about uh, passion or sexual love. There's philia, which is friendship. Uh, there's storge, which is family love. There's agape, which we're talking about, which became known as the Christian understanding of love. Um, many, many years ago, Thomas Aquinas, a lot more than 40 years ago, he, he defined agape love as this, to will the good of another, to will the good of another. Or we'd probably say in our today's terms, having the person's best interests at heart. Having the person's best interests at heart. Now, the truth is, though, it's very easy to say love one another 16 times. It's another thing to live that out. And uh, the truth is, um, I think uh, it's probably one of the hardest things to really do, to genuinely be a consistent, loving person. And, well, let, let's face it, even people who get married, they fall in love and four or five years later, some of them can't stand each other, you know, and they get divorced. Um, 
one of the things I'm going to be encouraging uh, as part of this series, if you would like to attend one of our small groups, there's Wednesday nights, there's um, Friday nights, and those groups are going to be going through the 40 Days of Love, Rick Warren's series. And uh, it goes for 40 days, about six weeks. And this series will go for about the same. Um, one of the things that Rick Warren does, pastor of Saddleback Community Church, planted that church uh, way back in 1980, tremendous uh, place of ministry. One of the things that uh, Rick does is he shares pretty honestly about life's victories, but also life's challenges. And uh, I've heard him in a sermon say, um, you know, in the first couple of years of my marriage, Kay and I had fallen in love. We got married. But in the first couple of years of our marriage, we fought like cats and dogs. And uh, as you know, some of you uh, will know that Jason has a cat. He's a, a normal worship director. Jason has a cat. And uh, he often lives with us and uh, he brought his cat. We have a boisterous little white fluffy dog. And I'll tell you what, they couldn't stand each other. So Pom Pom would be bouncing around her and Chloe would take a swipe at him with her sharp little claws, sometimes get him and he'd yelp. Um, And other times, if he had food that he liked in his food bowl, he didn't care about dog biscuits, but it's something he liked and she went near it to eat it, he'd be snapping and growling at her and they fought like cats and dogs. Now, they, But uh, after a couple of months, they got the hang of each other. Now they're friends. You, you remember that old um, uh, show, Tom and Jerry? Um, they sometimes run out the back and they put on the pom, pom-pom, that's the dog's name, and Chloe's a cat, and we, we call it the pom and Jerry show <laughs> because they play now instead of fight. Um, Rick's even more blunt in the uh, 40 Days of Love DVD. He actually says, the first two years of my marriage was hell on earth. And the only reason we didn't break up, to be honest, was because we felt the Christian value of marriage was so high, we needed to do everything we could to make it work. And in the end, they didn't have a lot of dough. And in the end, they got got out a MasterCard and paid for some Christian marriage counselling. And then the journey of doing that, the counsellor, granted, he was a very good one, he helped them understand how to love one another and what they were doing wrong, what, what, the, what the, the bottom line issues were. And of course, had some focus on that beautiful passage that we're going to be looking at throughout this series in 1 Corinthians. Uh, Rick would now say, and so would Kay, that they have a fantastic marriage, but they had to put some things in place to actually learn how to love one another because it doesn't come naturally. And it might be why there's very few words in the Bible that the Lord ultimately describes. Yeah, there they are, Rick and Kate. Um, There's very few words in the Bible that um, are kind of described or given a a thorough definition of. Love's one of them. And I think it's probably because the Lord knew they're not going to get the hang of this easy. (laughs) So let's have a look at it. 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 8. It says, Love is patient, love is kind, it does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud, it does not dishonour others, it is not self-seeking, it's not easily angered, it keeps no record of wrongs, love does not delight in evil but rejoices with the truth, it always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. Wow. Well, we're going to unpack that, uh, that passage, but this week we're going to set it in context and have a look at the three verses that come before it. Uh, and so... To give you an idea of where we're journeying, 
we're starting this week with the priority of love. That's based in the three, three verses that come before it. Uh, 1 Corinthians 13, 1 through 3. So we should be on the next slide now, Chris. Um, and the ne- next week, we're going to look at love is patient and kind based on the reference in verse 4. Love is patient, love is kind. And week three, we're doing overcoming pride. Why are we looking at that? Well, let's have a look at the second part of verse four. It says, love does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud. You see, envy and boasting come from the pride within the heart. We're going to have a look at how to overcome pride. Week four, we're looking at anger management. Why are we looking at that? We'll have a look at verse five. It says, love does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It's not easily angered. Uh, week five, we're going to have a look at that lovely phrase, it keeps, love keeps no record of wrongs. So we'll look at the topic of forgiveness. And week six, the topic love always hopes, based on the verse seven, it always protects, it always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. But today, we'll have a look at those first three verses. The priority of love. Let's read the first one. It says, if I speak in the tongues of men or of angels but do not have love... I'm only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. Mm, what's Paul saying? If I, I speak in the, the, the tongues of men or of angels, what's it, what he's really saying is talking about that supernatural gift of tongues. You know, you remember the day of Pentecost, uh, chapter 2 in Acts, the Holy Spirit descended and the apostles suddenly declared the wonders of God in all manner of languages. There were so many people there for the celebration of Pentecost. Many people had come to Jerusalem Many different languages represented. And here's some of these blokes are just common fishermen. And they're speaking all these different languages. And people are hearing the wonders of God declared, probably very eloquently. Paul also mentions the speaking in, in the, the language of angels, uh, which you wouldn't understand. And there might need to be interpretation if you were to understand that. But what Paul is saying is you may be praying beautiful, eloquent prayers, even supernatural prayers. But if you don't love people and you're praying those prayers... You sound a bit like this to God. Not very pleasant, that, is it? (laughs) It gets across the point, though, doesn't it? That actually you do not sound pleasant to God if you don't love people. Uh, So your prayers, even, are just not pleasant to God when you don't have love in your heart for people. Um, Of course, to just say a little bit more about it, um, our words are not going to mean much without love in our hearts. The point is this. Number one, if you don't live a life of love, Nothing I say will matter. If I don't live a life of love, nothing I say will matter, even if it's in my prayers. The priority of love. Let's have a look at verse 2. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, but do not have love, I am nothing. So the Pharisees, the religious leaders in Jesus' day, they had a lot of knowledge, no doubt about it. They memorized the first five books of the Bible, the Pentateuch, uh, learned them off by heart. Uh, They loved to discuss and to debate um, the scriptures, the Torah, the prophets. Uh, Tremendous knowledge, but as we know, many of them hated Jesus to the point they wanted him dead. Uh, And, you know, I was watching The Passion of the Christ last night, 
And you see the ruthlessness of the religious leaders of the day and uh, the lack of love that they had. Um, you know, I was actually also listening um, very early this morning to uh, Jesus of Nazareth, that, that epic movie. And as I was listening to it, one of the phrases Jesus says when he's debating with the religious leaders, he says, you have kept the letter of the law, but you have not understood its heart. Because knowledge isn't going to cut it. And even if you think more in secular terms, I think of a friend of mine from way back um, at, uh, when he was uh, studying nursing at the university, same time Pamela was. We used to affectionately know this guy as Guru Tim. He had great big dreadlocks and he liked to debate philosophy and religion. And uh, he didn't believe in the concept of sin, for instance. You know, it's just an outdated concept, sin and evil. And um, I said, well, how do you explain? I know there are some things in the world don't relate to that, but there's a lot of suffering in the world that I think does relate to sin. And uh, he said, no, no, no. Look, the problem with the world and why they're suffering is a lack of education. In other words, if everyone was better educated, then we would get rid of most of the suffering in the world. And uh, as you can imagine, I um, didn't agree with him. (laughs) And I actually said to him, but but, but Tim, just think of, say, in the 1920s. A hundred years back now, isn't it? You know, in the 1920s, um, people from Britain, Canada, America, Australia, they were less educated. There were far less people percentage-wise that had degrees and so forth than what we have today. But actually the crime rates were lower back then, not high. We've got higher crime rates now. People could hold together marriages much more easily back then than they can now. So I don't know if all that knowledge is actually mean that's the end of suffering. Have you got lots of knowledge? Well, so can I suggest this? If I don't live a life of love, nothing I know will matter. If I don't live a life of love, nothing I know will matter. You might have so many degrees after your names, you could be called Mr Celsius. But actually all that knowledge doesn't cut it with God if we don't love people. The priority of love. Let's look at uh, 2 Corinthians 2 and the second part of that verse. If I have faith that can move mountains but do not have love, I am nothing. It's an interesting phrase, isn't it? Even if I had faith, supernatural faith to move a mountain. And Paul actually saw all manner of miracles work through his ministry. So he certainly knew about supernatural faith. But he's saying, even if I had faith to move a mountain, but I don't love people, doesn't cut it with God. Isn't that fascinating? And of course, we have the, the, the secular understanding of faith too. I mean, how many times of, uh, you know, watching the Oscars or something like that and, and someone's won an acting award, might be a young actress or actor, and they'll often give the cry, hey, just believe in yourself. Just believe in your dreams and you'll make it. In other words, it's kind of this idea that faith, that's really important. But can I suggest this? Number three, if I don't live a life of love, nothing I believe will matter. If I don't live a life of love, nothing I believe will matter. And let's be honest about that. You know, In, in that world of, of Hollywood, um, where you do hear just believe in yourself a lot, Actually, that is one of their struggles, isn't it? How many of them have amazing careers, lots of dough, but they really struggle to hold down relationships, divorce after divorce for many of them. Let's have a look at the priority of love in verse 3. If I give all I possess to the poor and give my body over to hardship that I might boast, but I do not have love, I gain nothing. Now, it's absolutely commendable to give to World Vision or Samaritan's Purse, you know, various 
organisations that make a difference for good in this world. Absolutely commendable. But God's saying you can, you can give away everything. But if you don't love people, you haven't cut it, you haven't made it. That's not what I'm looking for. There's more to it. Um, one of the ways you could... Well, actually, one of the things that I was thinking about this week is not, not in this church, but over the years... It'd be three different occasions, I think, I've had a a guy in my office that has said something like this. I just don't understand. I have provided everything for my wife. Like, everything. I've done everything I can do for her. We've got this gorgeous big home with brand new cars. You know, um, our our house is decked out with this lovely furniture, nice swimming pool in the backyard. I've given her everything and now she wants to leave me. What is wrong with the woman? I just cannot understand. Because he was convinced, look, I've provided, therefore I have expressed love. But all of us know. Actually, uh, there's more to it than that, isn't there? Even the Beatles kind of thought they knew it. As Paul McCartney writes, you can't buy me love. Um, can I suggest this? Number four, if I don't live a life of love, nothing I give will matter. If I don't live a life of love, nothing I give will matter. So I might provide uh, quiet time material next week too for people. I can see people taking notes, which is great. But I might provide um, a system of quiet time material so you've, you've kind of got some of this as well. Here's the summary, friends. The priority of love. If I don't live a life of love, nothing I say, know, believe or give will matter. If I don't live a life of love, nothing I say, know, believe or give will matter. Another um, story uh, that Rick shares which is again uh, a very honest and quite painful one let's have a look at rick and his son here his son matthew um matthew uh intelligent young lad but suffered from mental illness mainly depression and life for him was often very very dark uh rick and Kay tried to do everything they could for him. So, you know, um, different forms of counselling, different medications, all sorts of prayer ministry, did everything they could. But nothing seemed to work. And eventually, on April the 6th, 2013, Matthew purchased a gun, which is fairly easy to do in America, and he just quietly went away by himself and took his own life, shot himself. Absolutely devastating. Um, Rick and Kay, of course, and and his siblings are just so hurting and damaged by this. And, of course, there's a couple in our church right now. They've just lost their daughter, you know. Um, Don and June, Justine, passed away recently. Very tragic to lose a son or a daughter. Many of the members of Rick's church passed on their deep sorrow, as did fellow pastors all over the world, uh, cards and gifts and emails of sympathy. But you know what else happened? Other evangelical Christians took the opportunity to send hate mail, claiming that it was God's judgment over the Warren family. Some who had a, more of a reformed theology and didn't agree with some of Rick's theology. Some who didn't like the seeker-sensitive movement, you know, Rick created a church that was kind of geared up for people not used to church 
And uh, some evangelical leaders frowned on that and felt that it was wrong. And so these evangelical Christians sent hate mail, emails, letters, physical letters as well, condemning Rick and his family, saying it was God's judgment. Now, these were people who didn't lack knowledge. They didn't lack faith either. How does a Christian do that? Well, they do it because there's a fundamental principle that they've not really worked on in their life. And we, and we can sum it up with just four letters, can't we? Love. They were not loving people. Not loving people. Uh, I will say um, there is a positive end to that account. You know, in the following year, in just 12 months, more than 10,000 people emailed Rick concerning their personal struggles with mental illness within the church. Rick and Kay have set up a foundation raising millions so that better research can be done into mental illness and greater awareness raised and how to support people through it. Uh, good has come out of a very, very tragic reality. Let me read this powerful passage again, 1 Corinthians 13.4. Love is patient, love is kind. It does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud. It does not dishonour others. It is not self-seeking. It's not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. And the, NIR, the, the good news version words the last three words like this. Love is eternal. Love is eternal. Well, over the next uh, 40 days or so, we're going to be doing several things to foster stronger relationships within the church so we might live out that scripture we quoted 16 times or 16 different scriptures we quoted love one another one of the things we're going to do is uh, four of the Sundays we're going to get together for lunch and so next week it's uh, soup and rolls uh, so we've we've always got uh, bread rolls um, but if some people could provide some soup that would be awesome yeah I'm not the sort of person I can't, wouldn't have a clue how to make soup I must admit <laughs> No idea at all. Someone said to me the other day, well, it's never too late to learn. <laughs> um, but that's next week. So um, we've, got f- we've got the four different um, weeks of food, and we, uh, Kerry suggested something different each week. Um, and so there, there, you can pop your name down. Please do that today, especially for next week, because it's, it's only seven days away. Um, so, yeah, soup and rolls next week, and then another week we're going to do barbecue stuff. We'll have a barbecue by then. We'll do barbecue and salad, um, pasta, um, and slow cooker meals. I can probably do the barbecue and the, the pasta, not the slow cooker either. I've never done a slow cooker meal either. Sorry? No, it's barbecue, barbecue and salad, and then we're going to barbecue some pasta. No, 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 we're not. It's just, it's just pasta, not barbecuing pasta. I'll barbecue anything. <laughs> Sticking on the Barbie, mate. <laughs> Another thing we're going to do, and you've heard Carol talk about this, is food bank. Uh, so the idea is we're going to do uh, one, one Saturday, presume uh, most likely a Saturday, we'll get a few people in, cook your favourite meal. We've got like indust- virtually an industrial kitchen behind this wall here and the chance to cook up a few meals and pop them in a freezer. And the idea is when someone's in a time of need or whatever that might be, then pop into the church, grab a couple of meals. All they've got to do, pop them in the oven. And in some cases, might be able to deliver them to people as well. Uh, first Saturday of next month, we're going to do a man's breakfast. And, uh, yeah, a man's breakfast. Woo, woo, woo. <laughs> <laughs> man's breakfast. 
Um, and so we'll, we'll start with coffee, Saturday morning. Um, but then we've got a project. Guys often like to do something together. So our first project is um, bring your tools. And uh, we're going to put together a barbecue. Yeah, we've got a new, new barbecue out there in a box. Going to unpack it, put it all together. Then we'll spray it with canola oil, wipe it all down, and, uh, and cook a barbecue breakfast. Eggs and bacon, sausages. Sound good? It's coming up soon. Another opportunity to foster relationships. One of the things that we'd like to do for new people is I realise Melbourne um, has got the reputation of being kind of a bit of a coffee capital. People like good coffee. And we want to make that as accessible to people as possible. It's very different in Britain. Man, they're half the places you go to the cafes there, you go and think, my goodness, I'm not drinking that. That was awful. They're very, very weak on coffee. You've got to just drive all over the place to find a decent cafe. So much so, my, my old youth young adults pastor was working with me here. He was British. And he, he went back to Britain and he started like Cat's Cookies. His wife's called Cat. Cat's Cookies and Coffee. And they actually did that for a while and made some proper Melbourne coffee in Britain. The British people loved it, actually. <laughs> There's not a lot of option there for good coffee. Um, so one of the things we're, we're thinking of doing, we'll, we'll um, try and make it really accessible for people. So we're purchasing a coffee machine, but one of those push-button ones that you have the freshly ground beans. Roxanne knows the type of beans that are going to be nice. She's a barista, so she understands good coffee. And so the idea is you can, someone's new here today, you walk over and say, hey, come out, I'm going to, I'll make you a coffee. And it's easy, you can just push the buttons, you know. So it's all set up, ready to go. So just a, another way of um, trying to, particularly for newcomers, helping them feel a little more welcome. One more. One more. We have a youth and young adults camp coming up. Um, and that's an opportunity. It's 27th, uh, end of this month. And um, that's a chance for um, getting together both youth and young adults, playing, doing a whole bunch of crazy activities and also for teaching sessions. I uh, do pray for a good number of our youth and young adults to get along to that camp, foster good, solid friendships amongst them. We're told in Romans 10, 12, be devoted to one another in love. Be devoted to one another in love. Now, we do have a members meeting uh, coming up 12.15 today, so do stick around for that. Time to go and get a coffee, though. But right now, I'm going to ask Dave to come forward and, uh, and pray for us as the band returns. <laughs>